Would you want to know the secret to having endless energy? Sound too good to be true? Well, my guest today, Megan Murphy, has it figured out, folks, and she's dishing all of her secrets in a book that comes out next spring. But today, you get a special sneak peek, and despite the fact that she was glutened at dinner last night, I honestly didn't know that glutened was a word, but if you have celiac disease, you know it is not good. But seriously, Megan is a real force of good and cannot be stopped, and we are here for it all. Are you looking for real life, tried and true tips and tricks to help with all the nitty gritty stuff of mom life? Well, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Mom Force. Hello, friends. It's Vanessa here with my sister, Shelly. Hi. And today we are chatting with a literal powerhouse, Megan Murphy. Hi, Megan. Hi. I met Megan a few months ago while on a press tour for Chatbooks in New York City, and one of my appointments was in the beautiful Hearst building at Good Housekeeping Magazine, where Megan is the executive editor. Is that right? I have an announcement to make, but yes. Wait, what's the announcement? So I am going to take over as the um, content director, aka editor-in-chief of Woman's Day Magazine on March 1st. Oh my goodness. I'm excited. I was at Good Housekeeping for six years. So this will be a fun chance to take something over and to energize it. That's awesome. Well, I remember as soon as I saw you in that meeting, I knew that we needed to be friends. (laughs) Megan was literally all lightning bolts and rainbows. Do you remember what you were wearing? It's probably your usual uniform. I'm always wearing something either orange with lightning bolts or the word yay on it for sure. Well, I was there to talk to you about how amazing chat books are and why good housekeeping should feature us, but I really just wanted to know more about you, Megan, and how you juggle your amazing fast-paced career with motherhood and where all of your infectious energy comes from. It's true. I got onto your Instagram and I kind of poked around and I've seen that you are literally an energizer bunny and I'm jealous. I don't know. I don't know where you get it. I need it. Well, I'm writing a book about it, so I'm going to give you the secret sauce. Ooh, I can't wait to hear about that. But hey, I promised my team that I was going to start this episode with a little ad. I just want to take a moment to do a shout out for the best thing since Instagram, a chat books Instagram series. Now you love Instagram, right, Megan? I totally do. Yeah, me too. It is such a fun way to share highlights of our life with our friends and family. And with chatbooks, you can have all of those fun Instagram posts and captions automatically printed into beautiful 60-page photo books and shipped to your door for just $10 a book. It's like a magazine subscription of your life. I'm sold. You're a magazine girl, so you you totally get it. Well, and Megan is a chatbooker, so she does get it. No, I'm like a crazy chatbooker. You have no idea. That's amazing. You're my favorite. Megan, I'm excited for our listeners to get to know you and to hopefully learn from you some of your secrets to all of that supercharged energy. But can you first tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your family, and how you became to be a big-time magazine editor? Sure. Well, I am a 44-year-old mother of three. I have a daughter named Charlie, who's nine, a son, James, who's about to turn eight next month, and a son, Brooks, who's six. My Irish triplets, because they're all about 15 months apart. Wow. And that's my most important job, is mom to them. But outside of my family, I've been in the magazine business, the media business, for almost 25 years. I got my start when I was 18. I wrote an essay about overcoming adversity, and I was a Horatio Alger National Scholar. And that sort of was the springboard for my magazine career, YM Magazine, which was a teen magazine at the time. 
um, wanted to do a story about me. And I said, no problem, as long as you give me an internship and let me write it myself. Nice. <laughs> so I had an internship with them, which then translated into a contributor editor job by the time I was 19. I did a love advice column for them, body positivity column for about two years before heading to MTV. I was an on-camera correspondent for MTV because I had an acting background. I went to Mason Grove School of the Arts, and so I was working in magazines and doing commercials and doing some stuff on MTV. Then I went on to launch Teen People magazine with a team of a few other cool editors and worked there for a bit. And then I moved over to Delia's and launched a website for that teen property. Oh, like the clothing store? I had one friend whose mother would actually buy her Delia's. We had way too many kids in our family. I was getting hand-me-downs. But I was circling all her Delia's magazines. That's so funny. So I worked on launching their website. And then I went to Victoria's Secrets. I was on the creative team there. I worked on the launch of Pink. And then I went to Hearst and worked on Lifetime magazine for a hot second before going to Cosmo. And I was a sex editor at Cosmo for about... Were you? Okay. (laughs) We might need you for another episode then. I know a lot about that too. (laughs) And then I went to Condé Nast and I worked for almost nine years at Self Magazine. And there I was the fitness director and the deputy editor. I am a certified fit pro. So I've been a certified trainer for 15 years and I have my kettlebell certification, my spin certification. I heard about that, and I was impressed with the kettlebell certification. Yeah. I had no idea there was such a thing, but that is oh, yeah. impressive. I, lo- I love exercise. It's part of my secret sauce. Um, and then from there, I went to Good Housekeeping, and I was at Good Housekeeping for six years, and then I bent to jump over to Woman's Day. But, I, but if I look at my career, basically, whatever stage of life I was in, that was sort of the magazine I was working on. I was a teen in the teen books. I was uh, Sex in the City single during my Cosmo years. And then self was really my self-formative years. I got engaged. I got married. I had three kids. And when I went to Good Housekeeping is basically when I bought a house and moved to the suburbs. And then throughout that, what, what my big passion project now is I have a book coming out next spring with Penguin Random House. And that is called The Fully Charged Life. And it is a radically simple guide to having endless energy and finding the yay in every day. And that's something I'm really, 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 really excited about because something someone's always said to me was, I wish I could bottle your energy. And I was like, wow, if I could just get an IV drip, man, I'd be rich because I want to give people some of this energy. And since I couldn't, I figured out I could write a book about it because I have lots of tips and tricks and strategies just from being a woman service journalist for 25 years, having overcome some hardships and really come out the other side positive and energized and grateful. Wow. Well, yes, please. I want all of those tips and tricks. Can you give us some sneak peeks on how to find that endless energy? Sure. I think one of the biggest secrets is I do something now called the yay list. And the yay list is a simple exercise. I kind of think of it as a gratitude journal 2.0. I look for one thing that made me say yay every day. And I document it on social media on a standalone Instagram called the yay list. And also just with the hashtag the yay list. And I make a yay list in my stories. And that act of practicing gratitude is really transformative. I think one of the most powerful tools any of us can have is an attitude of gratitude. If you do one thing, it's just practice gratitude daily. And it could be anything, right? Totally. Sometimes it's a product. Sometimes I get to drawing my kid made. Sometimes it's an interaction with a stranger. Sometimes it's foam on a latte or the daffodils at the end of my sidewalk or decorating for St. Patrick's Day, which I plan to do tonight. It's any of those little things that you just stop and appreciate for whatever reason. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Has that been fun? Does that give you 
all the yays? <laughs> it's super fun. So the podcast is called Off the Gram. And essentially, we're taking things off of Instagram and taking a deeper dive. So my co-hosts are NYC Fit Fam, who's Jamie Hess, Joan London's daughter and a fitness influencer. There's Heidi Christopher, who's a yoga expert, a former soap star. And then there's NYC Pretty, Christine who is a former fashion editor and, and fashion influencer who dresses like a rainbow and I want everything she wears. One of my favorite episodes was Terry Cole, who's a relationship expert, and we did an episode on toxic friendships. I learn something every show and, and I evaluate my own life. I come out smarter and happier. I'm so glad that you mentioned Terry because that was one that I listened to. And I loved that having these people in your life in this this practice in your life of getting together with your girlfriends and talking about hot topics, learning things, that's probably a pretty big thing that adds to your fully charged life. Right? The only thing cooler would be getting to work with my sister, who is my best friend. I'm Aww. a little jealous of you two right now. We are living our dream. Seriously, my sisters are my best friends. But beyond that, I'm super grateful to have such a tight squad. It's it's just neat to be a part of a little girl gang. Yeah, totally. Okay, so I love the yay list. I love how you use the word yay as a verb, as a noun, as, as, as all, all the things. All the things. One of the things that I notice about you is you love to match your manicures to your magazine covers. That makes me go yay. That's so funny. I announced my Woman's Day role by matching my nails to the latest cover. Oh, it's so fun. You also mentioned exercise earlier, that you're a certified exercise pro, and that exercise maybe is one of the ways that you recharge your batteries. A hundred percent. There's a whole chapter in the book called The Health Charge. And that's if you don't move your body and you eat crap and you don't sleep, you're just going to feel awful. I mean, it's 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 a disastrous thing. I mean, you, you have to move, you have to sleep, you have to eat more always foods than sometimes foods. Always foods. Okay. I like that. You can have sometimes foods. You can have the chocolate and the croissants. <laughs> sometimes. I have more always foods. Okay. Well, what about uh, those of us who aren't self-proclaimed fitness girls? I think everybody needs to move their body. You don't need to go to the gym. You don't need to own a Peloton bike, but you need to move yeah. your body, whatever that means. I think um, there's lots of interesting research about habit forming. So some research suggests it's about 21 days. Other, other research suggests it's 60 days to form a habit. In my personal experience, I think when people commit to something for 19 days, it begins to stick. So even if you said for the next 19 days, I'm going to get up early and I'm going to go for a walk, or I'm going to get up early and I'm going to do a yoga tape, do something for 19 days to begin to develop and cement a habit, and you're going to feel so good, you're going to get addicted to that good vibes. The more you move your body, the more your body wants to move. I went on vacation and did an exercise the whole time. I feel sore. Isn't it crazy how that happens? It's crazy. Yeah. And I've put down 19 on my notes and I'm circling it twice. Report back because that is I my will. personal findings. This, the research is, is murky. I was the um, creator of the self-challenge for nine years. And I really found that with the readers and the women on the program, it was really 19 days of, of positive behaviors is when it started to stick. Yeah. Okay. Tell me, can you tell me really quickly what's the self-challenge? Should I know what that is? Well, so the self-challenge yes. was a diet and exercise plan where you had to reach various goals. So like okay. if you want to lose five, 10, 15 pounds, get off the couch, run a 5k. It was really establishing a soul goal and then matching it to a diet and exercise regime to try to be your best self. Okay. You know, we have a mom force Facebook group where we have lots and lots of women posting questions and advice, looking for advice. And one of the things that was posted recently was from Lisa, and she says, how do you motivate yourself to work out? 
I've been eating better, but I want to add exercise to my routine, but finding the time, motivation, and the right routine makes me want to run to my freezer and grab my emergency chocolate bar. Oh, I, can, I believe it. All the things. So number one is it can't be all or nothing. The, like the, the, the idea is not, I'm going to work out seven days. I'm going to work out three days. So first make, make it bite-sized and actionable and enlist a friend because when you have the buddy system, there's nothing better. You need to be accountable to someone. I mean, one of my tricks is even to post on social media, okay, I'm signed up for the 7 a.m. Orange Theory class tomorrow. I got to go, right? Use that community to motivate you and keep you accountable. So talk about what you're going to do. Talk about your goals. When you put it out there in the universe, you're more likely to do it. And then reward yourself every time you do go, right? Three workouts equals a new sports bra. Three work, you know, a week of workouts equals new Lululemon leggings. Listen, I like that that's your goal and not the frozen chocolate bar. I hate the idea of food as reward or punishment. Yeah. Food is just fuel. And I think the thing we need to think about is like food, food is the gas you put in the car. And do you want to put a high octane gas? Do you want to put premium gas? Do you want to put um, the cheap gas, right? Yeah. Food is fuel and that's it. It's not good. It's not bad. There are things you should eat always and some things you should eat sometimes, but every food has a purpose. If you were to talk to my kids about food, it's like, well, berries have antioxidants and chicken has protein and I need carbohydrates for energy. I mean, that's really important to me. I had an eating disorder as a teenager. And so like for me, really recognizing that food is nothing more than fuel and it's something that can be enjoyed. It's never punishment. It's never actually a reward. So how do you treat yourself then when you feel like you deserve it? For me, it's like it's new workout gear. It's a manicure, something. It's like a treat. Ooh, my gosh, but it's never going to be like, I worked out. I don't, you know, like I ate it now, negate it. I hate that. I want to punch yeah. that in the face. Oh my gosh. Okay, wait, you called you called the food that you eat all the time. What, what did you call it? The all the time food? Always and foods the- and sometimes foods. Always foods and sometimes foods. Like kale is always food. Like eat all always the kale food. you want. Like a brownie, maybe that's a maybe that's a sometimes food. Like if you eat yeah. brownies all day long, every day, every meal, you're not going to feel that good. So is yeah. that the best fuel to put in the car? Maybe not. And it should be obvious that what we're eating is the key to how we are feeling. And if we want to feel supercharged like Megan. Yeah, if we want to be the Energizer bunny. Yeah, we need to be fueling our bodies. It's not just that too. And then it's like things like being protective about your sleep. I sleep seven hours. That's what my body needs. I'm super protective about it. If Brad Pitt invited me to dinner tonight, I would say no because I need to go to bed. Yes. Well, I was actually going to ask you about that too because March is National Sleep Awareness Month and we have a whole series of episodes lined up specifically about sleep. And I found myself thinking about you. Does she ever get tired? How much sleep? Because I know you get up early to exercise and you commute into the city. What are your tips for sleep? I think the thing is you have to create a sleep rhythm. I get up at 5.03 or 4.47 without an alarm. Like I've I've programmed my body clock. Wow. And I really don't, Stay up later than 1017. 1017? Oh my gosh, I love you so, so much. And I think there needs to be a wow. Uh, there's yays and then there's wow. Oh, wow. We'll, we'll give a wow to that. Wow. <laughs> I feel like the more specific you are, the more helpful it is, right? Like if you're specific with yourself, it's easier to stick with it, right? Yeah. If I'm like, and then I go to sleep around 10. Well, what does that mean? If I go to, if I say I go to surround to bed around 1017, like I know exactly what that means. That's when I start to hear alarm bells going off, like time to go to bed, time to go to bed, time to go to bed. 
that's the cutoff. I do not like to be awake past 10, 17. I love it. And it's a routine because you've said it. And I remember in one of your episodes with your girlfriend who was talking about soup, when she was talking about her soup routine, that she then just says, and then I just go shut off the lights because it's time to go to bed. And it was so simple. And it like, it clicked with me where Wait, it was she like- she eats soup before bed? So she has, she has this, she has this soup that she eats every night. Okay. And I love Jamie. So Jamie yeah. is super, super regimented. And she'll probably talk about this on a future podcast. She had some issues with drug and alcohol addiction in the past. And so being very regimented in her life and, and bringing her food to Disney World or having her soup every night is really what keeps her on track. So I really, really respect that about her. Yeah. I can't just eat soup for dinner. I actually could be the kind of person that could eat soup every night if it's something that treats me right. For her, staying on course and staying super, super focused and regimented is wildly helpful. You need to know what you need. Yeah. For me, that's not going to do the trick. I'd be like, okay, sleep again. This is not fun. You got to figure out what works for you. And, and that's been crazy helpful. She just had her second kid and she's feeling great. The key in life is different things work for different people. And it's sort of learning what works for you yeah. and doing that until it doesn't work anymore. And then course correcting. That reminds me of a meme that several people actually posted in our Facebook group. And it said something like, am I an angry mom or do I have unmet needs? <laughs> and it listed like all of these things that maybe, maybe you're not just mad at your kids. Maybe you need to go out with your girlfriends. Maybe you need a nap. Maybe you need a manicure. Maybe you need to go spend time with your sister. And the important thing here is that it's different. Your needs, my needs, Megan needs, they're all very different. I mean, well, and those crazy. needs change too, right? Like today I need sleep. Tomorrow I need wine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just, <laughs> yes. It's just yes. different every day. Yes. And you never need gluten. Never. <laughs> I actually ate at the bread house in LA while I was there for work last weekend. And I walked in there thinking, I'm so glad that I don't have a gluten issue because dang, I need bread. I sometimes miss it. I mean, especially when my kids are like dipping hot, warm bread in oil and then eating pizza. And I'm like, really? Really? Yes. That looks good. Hey, speaking of your kids, I want to know, do you do anything really specific to help your kids identify their yays and feel the yay in their everyday? On their chore chart, one of the chores says, say yay every day. And I didn't put that on the chore chart. My kids did. Aww. Oh my gosh. I love it. I think it's interesting. We forget that we are little mom mirrors and everything we're doing is reflecting on them. My daughter wrote the word yay in the sand in rocks with a little lightning bolt when we were in Florida. And it like really just touched my heart because it's like, I live this way and they see me live this way. And like by osmosis, you know, they're, they're also starting to really live this way. It's just a part of who they are. We do do something called highlights at bed every night, which is, is essentially telling me what made them say yay that day. And it's really focusing on the good. It's so that they can actively throughout the day, make sure they have something to report to me. That was wonderful yep. because yes, we can, we can talk about the bad stuff, but I really want to hear what was good first. Cause it's so much easier to focus on what stinks. We always did highs and lows. So they would think about the good thing and then we could talk about some of the hard things. Everybody's going to have bad days and you just have to figure out how you can push through. And by highlighting the yays, you're able to get over that. I love that you were just in Florida, by the way. Do you know that we're Florida girls? Oh. Yep. Seventh generation. We are Floridians seventh right generation here. Floridians. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You were down south, though. I looked at your location drop on Instagram when you were holding alligators. For a second, I thought that maybe you were at Wild Florida. At Wild Florida. Okay, where, Megan, yes. next time you go to Florida, go to Orlando. We're going to set you up at Wild Florida. You will not get believe it. It's amazing. So we, this was like we, plan, we literally booked our flights on a Wednesday to leave on Friday. And then I we got it. there and we had it two days. We were like, you know what? I don't want to go home. And we changed our flights. 
I love it. I love to see all the adventures you're doing with your kids. That's one of our my huge yays. My sister, Kara, is my business partner, and we launched a company almost five years ago, actually. Isn't that crazy? We designed swimsuits for mothers and women and little girls, and we've been teaching our girls you know, the importance of working hard and the importance of getting out and never being held back because in this situation, our swimsuits were really kind of like holding us back. They were too skimpy. They weren't actually holding anything in. Everything was falling out. We were both 30 and had four kids each, and we had a serious swimsuit fail on the beach. And we sat down with the rest of our sisters and we're like, okay, we don't want to stop doing what we love, which is running around with our kids. We don't want to be held back in these swimsuits they're not working for us. And so we just, we thought of a plan right there and we went and we did it. And solved we've, your problem. yeah, we solved our problem. And it's called Raising Wild. And they have matching suits so you can match with your daughter. And yes. I think she might send you yes, some. Yes, I need to send you and Charlie some. And actually we're launching a little boy line this summer too. So for the little guys. But yeah, that has been, that's been a really huge yay for us. And I love to see that your kids are like such a huge part of your life. And I love that when you said, this is your number one job or your babies, um, but they see what you're doing in your career and that's huge for them. It's huge for us as other like working moms to see that this is possible and this is like a dream come true. Your resume is like so impressive, but I just absolutely die over the fact that you're taking your kids along on all these adventures and you're showing them how to be these amazing people. It's amazing, truly. I love that. I mean, to me, it's like, it's all about memory making. I sort of think we're the authors of our kids' lives in so many ways, and I want them to have lots of stories. I always remember down the for things that. I did as a kid. I don't remember anything I had, but I remember everything I did. And so, like, yeah. that's what I want to give my kids is, is, is like finding sea glass on the beach in Fort Lauderdale. Like, that's all that really matters. We've never regretted spending a dollar on any trip we've ever taken as a family. And the power in a picture, it's so funny because I've seen these pictures from throat. Like, we have a huge family. I don't know if you know much about this crew, but there's 12 kids in our family, and I see pictures of the past, and I think that I was there when really I was, like, born five years later. But the power of a picture, it's so crazy. Like, I'm a part of that memory. We have a postcard carousel in my house, and it's all filled with chapbook photos, and the kids oh, spin yes. them. And we have, like, all, like it's just an endless carousel of photos from all of our trips, and then we do chapbooks for every event. We just did Antigua with the whole family, so my mom's getting a book for her birthday. Like, I'm your biggest fan. You I'm are. the biggest chapbooks fan ever. One of my favorite things is to watch my kids flip through the books and relive the trips. Like, I just live for that. Yeah. It's amazing. So awesome. Well, and off so often our books are full of all those happy highlights. But as we alluded to earlier, there are lots of things to say yay about, but there are also things that aren't so great. Like bad days happen, right? And when you have them, how do you push past them? We actually had this question on our Facebook group. She says, when you and your spouse have gone through a particularly stressful time of life, what are some practical ways besides counseling that have helped you to see the good instead of the bad and to have a more positive outlook in general? And I thought that was a really vulnerable question, and I'd love to get your take on that. Well, I think so. something interesting, and I don't know if you know even the origin of the yay list, but the origin of the yay list is from grief. Um, my father was diagnosed um, with pancreatic cancer and was gone in five months. And during oh. that time, I was a hot mess. And I thought, like, I really just have no will to live. Like, he was my person. I can't believe this is happening. So I initially started something called Operation Good Grief, 
which was every day I looked for one good thing that didn't suck and I would take a picture and hashtag it Operation Good Grief. And as I moved through my grief, that morphed into the yay list and I started asking myself what made you say yay today versus what doesn't suck. I believe in life in every situation, gratitude is the secret sauce. When you can find one thing you get to do versus you have to do one thing that you can have an attitude of gratitude about, everything begins to change. Even your brain chemistry begins to change. Yeah, it's true. Our mom, she has this ability of seeing everything with rosy glasses. And I mean, with 12 kids in a very traditional mom home with the kids, dad gone literally all the time. It was hard. It couldn't have been easy, but she was always so vocal about what she was grateful for. And so I think that's what, honestly, I think that's what her rosy colored glasses were because she was so grateful for all the good, even though it was so hard. I think people mistake optimists for naive, right? Just because you're optimistic doesn't mean you're naive. It doesn't mean you don't see what's bad. It means you just choose not to live there. I am completely aware of everything that stinks. Yeah. I just don't live there. So this woman's saying, you know, she's going through tough times with her husband, but like, you get to go through those tough times. That means he's still by your side, right? right. Like, I mean, if you just even look at it at that level, yeah. the fact that you get to fight means you still have each other. Yeah. And if you can just even start right there and sort of appreciate that fact, yeah. you can start to move forward. I think maybe you need to add to your list that you're an, a certified therapist now. Because <laughs> I, I think I just had a breakthrough. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's so, it's so true to just even like break it down to the very basics. And maybe this comes from your switch of the good grief when you lost your dad, that like the basics are, okay, he's not here, but I'm here and I can carry on his, his legacy and I can love my family and I can, you know, find the yay and every day. Find the yay. I know. I love it. Megan, you're so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and coaching us and teaching us. And I cannot wait for this book. It's going to be amazing. Megan, can you just tell our listeners again where they can find more about you and the Yay List and everything that you're up to? Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Megan B. Murphy, and it's all the letters. It's M-E-A-G-H-A-N-B Murphy. And if you want to follow along for Daily Good Vibes, it's at the Yay List. On Instagram. And she has a podcast, folks. Off the Gram. At Off the Gram Podcast. And of course, I can't wait for you to pick up Woman's Day Magazine. I will be taking over, probably starting about with the May issue. I will be feeling even more connected to the magazine. This is amazing. (laughs) Congratulations on everything that you're doing and your beautiful family. And thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you so much for being here with us. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and let us know what you think. Also, check out the show notes for links to the things we talked about. And you can find a special chapbook's discount code. All right, we'll see you next week.